0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Right now during this season, there's a lot of talk about trees. There's Christmas trees, there's mistletoes, there's holly trees. Now I begin studying the Bible, you find that besides God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and besides people, trees are mentioned more than anything else. And we can't go through the everything else because we wouldn't be able to cover it in this uh, one lesson this morning. But I would like to show God's relation to trees and let's get some biblical understanding of how they show up in the Bible. Now, uh, Zacchaeus climbed a what? Sycamore. Sycamore tree. Okay, uh, Jesus, when he healed the blind man in Mark eight, he said, "I see men as trees, trees walking." And and uh, Luke twenty two, the disciples follow Jesus to the Mount of. Olive. It was an olive tree grove, um, and we're going through Romans eleven, and we learn about that. We learn about the olive tree and branches. Now those are just a few and I'm sure as we said them you probably had some more verses that came to your mind but trees are all throughout the Bible. Genesis chapter number 2 I'd like you to look at verse number 8. Bible says in Genesis 2.8 And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So in Genesis 2, we have two trees that now are spoken about in verse number 9. If we go to verse number 17 in Genesis 2, it says in verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now we have two trees. Both of those trees are rooted in the ground. Both of them are alive. And God says you can eat off the one, but you cannot eat off of the other. Because if you eat off of the other, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it's a live tree. If you eat off that one, death. Now isn't that an interesting contrast? Both trees are living God gave a command and said, If you eat of this tree that I made that's alive, that has roots deep in the ground, you're going to die. Death and life presented. Obey or not obey, presented. Look at verse number uh, Genesis chapter number three. Let's look at verse number 17. The other thing that came into play in Genesis 3 um, is, let's we'll read it and we'll find out. And unto Adam he said, Now they have disobeyed. Genesis 3, verse 17, they've already disobeyed. Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. And now watch this, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. You had sin entered into the world, and now life's going to be hard. You have a curse that's mentioned. You have a tree that's mentioned. You have a curse that's mentioned. You have thorns and thistles that are mentioned. Is there something that's coming to mind with a crown of thorns? Is there something that's coming to mind being a curse on a tree? Is there something coming to mind? That there's going to be a dead piece of wood where a living Savior is going to live, is going to die so we can live. Amen. We see it all through the Bible. Trees play an important part in God's plan. Look at Genesis three, verse twenty-two. The Bible says, "Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them." The Lord God said, "Behold, the man." is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. God didn't want them living in that sinful state forever, so he banned them from the tree of life. Because if they ate from the tree of life, they would have lived forever in that sinful condition, and God doesn't didn't want that for man. He has a plan to reconcile man to himself. Two trees, two choices. Adam and Eve plunged us all into the curse. This is why we see in Genesis chapter number 5, if you're alive and breathing this morning, which you are because you're here, you are... Genesis 5, verse number 1. This is all of us. Genesis 5, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. All of us are in Adam. Look at verse number 5 at the end. All these generations are listed, and he died. Look at verse 8 at the end. All, all of these will be at the end of the verse, and he died. Verse 11, and he died. Verse 14, And he, verse 17, and he, verse 20, and he, verse 27, and he, and finally verse 31, and he Died. died. Death is because a man and a woman ate off a tree that God said, don't eat, death, death, death. You're in Adam, I'm in Adam. Our generation is a generation of death all because they ate off the wrong tree. Now, go to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1. Do we have a Savior that was virgin-born? We sure do. And if you don't have a virgin-born Savior, you've got the wrong Savior, by the way. Uh, But He can't save you at all. Matthew chapter number 1. Now we're going to look at verse number 1. Are you, are you saved this morning? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? If you're saved this morning, now you are no longer in the generation of Adam that has death, but you are in the generation, verse number 1, the book of the generation Jesus. of Jesus Christ. And you can run every single lineage throughout this, all the way down to verse 18, and you know what you won't find show up? And he died. died. <laughs> There's no death listed in the generation of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter number one. But let me show you what is listed. Verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus was born to die to be a savior for our Thank sin Thank that's the birth of Christ that's on this wise you know Philippians 1 you don't have to turn there for the sake of time but it says being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ if you're saved you should be producing fruits of righteousness where does fruit come from a fruit tree <laughs> uh, Jesus said in John 15 I am the true vine you got a vine that's a Coming off a tree. That's a tree. John 15, I am the vine, ye are the branches. How about that? Trees are all throughout the Bible. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Again, we see all of this about trees. Now, go back to Genesis and get chapter number 6. We've got to move because we've got a lot of Bible to go through this morning. Genesis chapter 6. Let's talk about Noah, verse number 14. Genesis 6, 14. God told Noah, he said in verse 14, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. God had a plan for Noah. He gave Noah dimensions. And he told Noah, here's what I want you to do, Noah. I want you to cut down some trees that are alive gopher trees and I want you to take that now dead tree it's cut down, it's dead he's got dead gopher wood and Noah said I want you to make an ark and everybody that goes into that ark that's dead wood off of, off of gopher trees they're going to live do you know without the trees you couldn't have had the lumber to make the ark for people to enter in to be saved physically from that flood? What does that ark represent? (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ. There was one door. What does Jesus refer to himself as? The door. door. (laughs) There was one window. You had to look up. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's a picture. The ark of salvation. Jesus Christ one day would go to the cross looking from Genesis 6 onward. And he'd hang on a piece of dead wood and he'd give men life. Trees are all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible. What'd that that dove bring back? (laughs) Off a tree, right? Oh, I was amazed how much there's reference to trees in the Bible. Go to Exodus chapter number two. Genesis, Exodus 2. Exodus 2, we've got baby Moses. Watch what happens to little baby Moses. Exodus 2, verse number 3. Bible says, uh, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Exodus 2, now verse 3. And when she could not longer hide him, she took him an ark of what? Bulrushes, and dabbed it with slime and with pitch, and the child therefore, uh, and put the child therefore, and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. You've got an ark of bulrushes. Isaiah two also says they made vessels of bulrushes, and that's an aquatic plant. It's a papyrus aquatic tree, basically, and that was made so that baby Moses would be placed in it and he found physical life within dead wood off of a tree, and he lived physically. That's pretty good. Trees all throughout the Bible. In Exodus chapter number 15, go there. Exodus 15. In Exodus 14, Moses just crossed the Red Sea. He led his people through the Red Sea. In Exodus 15, they're all singing to the Lord because of this great victory. All the women are following after Moses' sister Miriam, and they're all singing because of the victory. They're all playing timbrels because of the victory, and they're just having a great time until verse 22. Let's find out what happens at verse 22. So Moses, okay, yeah, that's right. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, And they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went there, and they went three days in the wilderness, and found no water. Now that's discouraging. Water was just parted, and they went through. They trusted God. They're singing. They're rejoicing. Everything's great. And watch what it says in verse 23, And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter, Therefore the name of it was called Marah, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And so here's what God does: something really, really cool. Watch what he does in verse 25. And he cried unto the Lord. Uh, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm telling you in all the celebrating and all the singing and all the dancing, and all the revelry that the world's involved with this month, life is just going to be bitter until God shows up and puts a tree in it. Amen. And that cross is the tree that needs to enter somebody's life. And you don't, if you don't have Calvary's tree, all life is going to be its just going to be bitter. You're not going to have any living water. It's going to be bitter, 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 bitter. Isn't that neat? God put a tree in water. I never realized how much of an importance trees were till I started studying it. Exodus twenty-five. Exodus twenty-five. You got the Ark of the Covenant's going to be made, and in verse number ten it says, And thou shalt make an ark of shittim wood, and God gives the dimensions. That was a that was a tree that that grew in abundance in those days. And in verse number 13, thou shalt make staves of shittim wood. And so they had those staves for the Ark of the Covenant, and all of it was made out of wood. And that wood in the Ark of the Covenant that was used, it represented the humanity, the the human side of the Lord, the Lord who would come to die for our sins. And that tree, that shittim tree, it grew out out in the wilderness. It grew up out of the ground. That's why we see in Isaiah 53, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry, a dry ground. And you know that shitter tree, you, you, you had a shitter forest. It was known for, guess what his branches were? Long and thorny. Isn't that ironic that the Lord would choose that tree to use for that Ark of the Covenant to picture the lamb that would be slain and some branches that had long thorns would be wrapped and and put right onto his head? All of it pictures the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied in Jeremiah 33, he calls, we see it, Jesus called the branch of righteousness again another reference to trees in John 19 Pilate presents Jesus and Jesus is wearing a crown of thorns and he says unto the people behold the man you know what that ark of the covenant that wood that was used off that cedar tree with long branches long thorny branches It represented the human side of Christ. And when Pilate presents him, he says, Behold the man. And he's there standing. And Pilate is a picture of just the multitude. Behold the man. He's before you. Accept him or reject him. Trust in Jesus Christ or crucify him. Crucify him. The choice is yours. The choice has always been before everyone. The other thing about the shittim wood, it was very cheap and it was readily available. Anybody could have gotten it back in those days. Jesus Christ is made available to all. He is not just for the rich, elite, religious crowd. He is for all. He makes himself available to every man. Amen. Go to Zechariah 6. Here's something else. Second to the last book of the Bible. Zechariah chapter number 6. And might as well, since we're taking a little break here, get Joshua 2. Right after Deuteronomy will come the book of Joshua. We'll get chapter 2. Joshua 2 and Zechariah 6. Zechariah chapter number six, we'll start with verse 11. Then take silver and gold and make crowns and set them upon the head of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. Now this is not Joshua, the son of Nun. This is a different Joshua. Joshua, the son of Nun, was Moses' servant, This isn't that Joshua. This is the son of Josedek, the high priest. And verse 12, And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. How about that? And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. So you have this priest king Joshua And he's foreshadowing, in Zechariah chapter 6, he is foreshadowing the coming of the Messiah. And he refers to him as the branch. Now go back to Joshua 2. All these prophets, trees were before them. We could run them all, but we'd need about five lessons to do it. Joshua 2, look at verse number 1. Now here's Joshua the son of Nun. He was sent out of Shittim. He was sent out of a forest of Shittit trees. Can you believe that? Two men despise secretly saying, go view the land, even Jericho. And they went, went and came to an harlot's house named Rahab and they lodged there. You got Joshua. He is in a forest of trees. Go to verse number 18. Before we go to read verse number 18, those forests of Shittah trees, what type of branches did they have? Long thorny branches. That's where this has taken place. Go down to verse number 18. Behold, when we come into this land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window. (laughs) You know what that represents? You know what that represents? The blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to be hung on a tree, and that tree, there's branches that are thorny. They're going to be wrapped around his head. The Bible has a lot to say about trees in relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want you leaving here this morning ever thinking about trees the same again. (laughs) Joshua, Joshua. Uh, In Hebrew, I don't speak a lick of Hebrew. I looked it up. So if I say it wrong, I don't speak any Hebrew. Joshua means, in Hebrew, the word is Yehoshua, Yehoshua. Yeho means God. Shua means save. His name, in the book of Joshua, his name means God saves. And it's all a picture towards, remember we read Matthew 121? And, he, and, and she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins a savior came god saves he came he was born to save go to Joshua 10 the backdrop of Joshua 10 they have just conquered Jericho and Ai in Joshua chapter 10 the people of Gibeon have made peace with Israel there's five kings that come together and they don't like that so they want these five kings want to take over Gibeon So Joshua shows up with his mighty men of valor. And when they find out, these five kings find out Joshua's coming, they go hide in a cave. So Joshua and his mighty men of valor bring these fellows out from the cave. Now let's pick it up in verse 23, but that's the backdrop. Watch this. Uh, Verse 22, And bring uh, out those five kings unto me out of the cave. And they did so. And brought forth these five kings unto him out of the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jeremoth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. It's going to get real bad for these fellows in, in, in a hot minute. And watch what happens. Go over to verse number uh, 25. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good carriage. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you you fight and afterwards watch what joshua does he smote them and slew them and hanged them on five trees and they were hanging upon the trees until the evening these five kings dared to defy god and joshua's men of mighty valor picked a tree out for each and every one of them and they were made a display in front of all of israel they were hung right on a tree. You know what God should have done to Adam and Eve? You know what He could have done? He could have hung them right on their tree of rebellion. But He didn't. Because He's a gracious God. And He's got a plan for redemption, not a plan for pleasure in execution. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But God could have righteously hung them, you rebels, Go ahead and hang on that tree of rebellion. God didn't do it. He didn't do it because He loves He loves mankind. Now go to Luke 2. Go to Luke 2. We're doing good on time, which that's a blessing. Luke 2. going to read verse number seven, Luke chapter two. When Jesus came into this world, Luke two, look at verse number seven. Bible says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the end. Look at verse number 12. And this shall be a sign unto you: you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse number 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. All can come to Christ. That manger, you know what it's made out of? Dead wood. <laughs> Jesus Christ, when he was born into this world, not only was he born in a manger, but when he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, he has wood that's holding his little body up. And he's going to end up giving his life on dead wood. A living Savior in a body of human flesh, surrounded by dead wood. Some of you farm. You know what a stall looks like. I mean, they got—they make them out of you know steel or whatever, so they last longer now. But you or plastic. But you got your feeding trowel. Now you think about your baby being born, and the first night he's born, you're gonna go put him right in that little where you put your hay for your cattle or your sheep or your horses to eat. You're gonna just put him right in there. He'll be be all right. Any of you moms signing up for that one? I don't think so. That would be a fight. Mary and Joseph, I don't see any record. They're fighting over it. They're happy to have a place to stay. She carried the Lord Jesus Christ, that holy thing in her womb. In a, in a God manifest in the body of flesh and they put him in that in that manger and you farm you got to go out and you got to muck the stall or you got to clean it up why because it smells like yeah it's a picture of sin it's a picture of how filthy and dirty sin is and Christ was born into that. Ladies and gentlemen, back in Genesis, we are in the generation of Adam. We need to get out of that generation and get into the generation of Jesus Christ to be born again and we're made clean, we're made whole again. Wood was always a material that was associated with sacrifice. It foreshadows the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus Christ is going to make on the cross. You know back in Leviticus when they did that burnt offering, it says the fire upon the altar. Go back there. Let's look at it since we're all right here on time. Go to Leviticus chapter number six so you can see it for yourself. Leviticus six. Anybody that complains about having to chop too much firewood or carry too much wood during the winter, you read this verse. We'll read this and see if you have any complaints afterwards. Leviticus six. Leviticus six. Uh, let's start at verse number eleven. He shall put off all his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp, unto a clean place. Now, you you young people, pay attention. Your parents ask you to go out and do chores. Sometimes they might say, "Hey, I want you to put your boot. I want you to put your farm boots on." I want you to change your clothes, put on some work clothes. You know what they had to do back in the Old Testament? They had to have the right garments if they were going to bring the sacrifice. And now it says in verse number 12, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, and it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of The peace offerings you had to put fresh wood on that every morning you had a fire that couldn't go out how are you going to keep that fire going firewood how are you going to get firewood you got to cut down a lot of trees any loggers in here that's hard work you got to cut the wood you got to split the wood you got to carry the wood man nehemiah says they had to cast lots to determine whose family's turn it was to do the wood and in Nehemiah it says as it was written and it was picturing back to Leviticus 6 you know what we'd all do? all of us would get together and I don't know maybe they put however many families are here they put all those straws in there and there was a short straw and whoever picked it it was a lot of work that had to be done and they kept it going okay three stops and we'll be done I'll wrap this up three stops. We need Galatians 3, Deuteronomy 21, and 1 Peter 2. Galatians 3, Deuteronomy 21, first Peter 2 Galatians 3 all right trust everybody's got their spot here's what we'll do Galatians number three we'll start there Galatians 3 then we'll do Deuteronomy 21. Galatians 3, here's here's where we'll wrap up. Here's the thought. Look at verse, here's what God says. Look at verse number 10. Bible says in Galatians 3.10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do. Have you kept everything in God's law book? You've not. I've not. No one has. So because you and I have not kept everything in God's law book, what are we? We are cursed because we can't keep God's law. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. You've got to do everything in the law. So you know what the Bible says? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he redeem us? The Bible says being made a curse for us. And then it says it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Adam and Eve took fruit off of a living tree that they weren't supposed to and they died. Christ hangs on a piece of a dead tree and offers eternal life. He hung on that tree and became a curse for all of us. As it is written. Why did he have to become a curse? Because as it is written, Deuteronomy 21 is where it's written. Deuteronomy 21, look at verse 22. Start in verse 20. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall come to him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put away evil from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. God wasn't playing around with that nation with sin. If they disobeyed, they got the death penalty. Look at verse 22. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be, put, and he be to be put to death, and now hang him where? On a, On a tree. Have you committed a sin worthy of death? Let me remind you. The Bible says the wages of sin is... Death. Bible also says God's not willing that any should perish. But you should be hung on a tree because you're cursed because you've sinned. You know what that picture is? Verse 23, His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. That's why Galatians 3 says God Became a curse for you and for me. And he hung on that tree, fulfilling all the righteousness of the law. He did that for you. He was born in a manger for you. And you know what we have today? An empty manger. There's no baby Jesus in a manger. The same reason why there's no dead Jesus on a cross where we call it a crucifix. That's Romanism. There's no baby in a manger. There's no dead Jesus on a cross. There's no body in a tomb. All of it is empty. It's finished. And He died on that tree for you and for me. So that we can have eternal life. Last verse. First Peter two. 1 Peter chapter number two. Verse number twenty-four. Bible says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed it don't matter if you're talking about the garden it doesn't matter if you're talking about joshua and that scarlet thread all through the bible we see trees in connection to the lord jesus christ and god himself the greatest tree That you can remember today, tomorrow, the rest of this year, is Calvary's tree. I want to know how many Christians have a tree, have a have Calvary's tree, have a cross as the centerpiece of their home. You know what I've got right here? I've got the scripted word. I've got it on paper. You know where paper comes from? Wood. You know where wood comes from? Trees. I want to know how many people have the Bible, the Word of God, as the centerpiece of their home. It's going to be a lot of materialism. It's going to be a lot of screens. It's going to be a lot of TVs and and all this stuff. The centerpiece of our life, the centerpiece of our life revolves around trees. The cross. The cross. Of Jesus Christ. Calvary's tree. We want people coming to the cross. And His written word. We can dig in this word. Study it. Read it. Believe it. And we can live a victorious Christian life. This weekend, don't forget. That manger made out of wood, there's no baby in it. That's a picture. He came to save His people from from their sins. That tree, Calvary, don't forget it. Cherish it, remember it, point people to it, love it. That's where Christ died, for your sin and for mine. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.